Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I'm jealous again, Amy. Yeah, I'm hitting the corners, the top corners of the U.S. So, yeah, yeah. If, the, if, if you had a map of the U.S. and needed to, to put pins in it where you go, it would stay up because you, right. you hit the northeast and now you're in the northwest. Right. You just got yes. off a boat. Yes, just got off a boat as we're recording this um, in Bellingham, Washington. So up here visiting the folks uh, from Faith Life and Lagos. Uh, Keith's got some meetings up here and uh, got to spend time on a boat going around the, I guess it's the, the bay here or wherever. I don't the know. sound. Is it? The Puget Sound. I don't think it's the Puget Sound where we are right now. We're going to be in Seattle. This is the Bellingham Bay. Oh, we're in the Bellingham Bay. Yeah. But beautiful here. We're seeing my favorite view is Mount Baker up here uh, near the North Cascades National Park. And we're going to do some riding around and stuff and then spend a few days in Seattle. And then it's back to back to the daily grind in North Carolina. So you've done some traveling this week, though. Yeah. So I am in Texas right now. I was in New Orleans earlier in the week and now I'm in Texas. And Amy, let me just say that, um, there's good food to be found in both of those towns, and yes. I have eaten way too much this week, way too much. Well, there's a there's good food to be found everywhere. I've eat, I've probably done the same lobster in uh, Maine to Dungeness crab in Washington, and you're eating Cajun food and Texas barbecue and everything. So we could do quite the food tour across America. So. <laughs> we we have good. had quite the food tour the last couple of weeks. Yes. So, yes. All right. Well, hey, that, that's part of our other pod, Food Across the Country with Amy and Jonathan. That one comes out later in the week. So um, that's not this episode. We do need to be clear about that. But before we get into this episode and the news from around the Southern Baptist Convention this week, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and Texas Baptist College. Whether you plan to serve in full-time ministry or build a career in the international marketplace, Texas Baptist College's Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies will prepare you for effective kingdom ministry. This degree equips students with business and communication skills as well as biblical and theological studies, preparing young believers for a lifetime of Christian ministry wherever God calls them. Let Texas Baptist College help you find your calling. Learn more at texasbaptist.com slash B-A-I-C-S. That's texasbaptist.com slash B-A-I-C-S for the Texas Baptist College Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies. All right, Amy, we start at NAM, where last week they announced J.J. Washington as the new leader of their personal evangelism department. That's right. He will be the new National Director of Personal Evangelism, and that is part of a team that's now led by the Senior Executive Director of Evangelism and Leadership, Tim Dowdy. So um, he uh, has has brought in uh, brought in JJ Washington. He's been a pastor in the local church, and he's been the state director of evangelism for Georgia. And then also Tim Dowdy leading that team. That just got announced at the SBC annual meeting, uh, and he was the lead pastor of Eagles Landing First Baptist Church in McDonough, Georgia. So we got some some transitions there in the the area of evangelism, but really cool. Um, focus that uh, the the great Baptist press story where J.J. Washington says the vision is to take the gospel to North America. That's the mission. That's what we're trying to achieve. And uh, yeah, yeah. And to really see how to help the evangelism team do that. Yeah. So congratulations to J.J. Have you ever met him? I have not. 
I have I've not either. Things. Hopefully, he will be at the the NAM trustee meeting later in the fall. I'll be up in Chicago for that. I think the first week of October. So okay. October in Chicago. That sounds delightful. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So that should be fun. It, it'll be good to see all our friends over at the North American Mission Board, including hopefully J.J. Washington. Some other news around the convention, Amy, the Acts 2 Network and app will be hosting some state convention annual meetings. Yeah, this is kind of cool. So Acts 2 was the host for the SBC annual meeting in Anaheim, but now it's going to it's gonna host other annual meetings. And this is great because a lot of them have been live streaming, but it's all different. I mean, some of them use Facebook Live, you know, they, they have different platforms. And this is a great opportunity because um, they are... They, they've sent an invitation that they'll host annual meetings at no cost. Yeah. And so they just need um, a link, basically, like a yeah, feed into it. So that's all. That's they need. right. That's right. So New York, Mississippi, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia have all confirmed that they will be doing that so far. Yeah. If your state convention is not on that list, and Amy, Amy, read those names, read, read those again. New York, Mississippi, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, North Carolina. That's mine. Tennessee. That's yours. In Georgia. That's John's, who runs this thing, John Graham, because it's run out of the Georgia Baptist Convention. So anyway, if your state convention is not on there and you stream them, you need to call your state exec. That's right. Say, come on, use that. Say, come on, let's get it in the X2 app. All they need is a a link. It's it's really uh, quite a simple, uh, it's it's a little bit more complicated than I make any out to be, but it's just really a link that, that they provide into John and it just pipes it right in there and automatically gets everything set up. So I know he'd love to have uh, a lot more states than the, you know, the seven or eight that you listed there. And it's good to see those. And it, it will be nice because now we'll, you know, if we're covering something on here and it's interesting, we can maybe go watch it in the Acts 2 app. So if you haven't That's downloaded right. the app, get the app. We've talked about it several times on here. Also all the old SBC content from this year and beyond is all in there as well. So uh, check that out over at the Acts 2 app and some great news from Mission Dignity over in New Mexico. Yeah, this is really exciting. Mission Dignity recipients in New Mexico will get an extra check this month, a 13th check. Um, And that is because of efforts from churches and the Baptist Convention of New Mexico. Um, They are the eighth state convention that are going to have a uh, kind of an arrangement between that Mission Dignity does with state conventions. Um, So it's specific giving that lets them kind of bless the folks in their state. And so, so it's, this is an exciting thing that the New Mexico recipients will get an extra check that is equal to a normal monthly honorarium, but that's because of those churches in their state contributing. Yes. And you mentioned they are the eighth state to do this. And I think we talked about Mississippi doing this just a few months ago or a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. So I, I remember that story as well. So uh, well done, Steve Ballou and the Baptist State Convention of New Mexico. All right, Amy, uh, one final story here. A, a former youth worker has pleaded guilty to sexual abuse charges down in Louisiana. Yes. So this is Daryl J. English. He has uh, pled guilty uh, to sexual abuse charges. He did that on July 18th. He was arrested in February 2021, um, charged with felony and misdemeanor counts of sexual battery. This is abuse that occurred in the early 2000s when uh, the survivor was 16 years old and it continued into adulthood. He will not serve jail time, but he will be listed on 
the sex offender registry for five years. And so this is something that has, has come, you know, has come back up. Uh, the survivor, you know, mentioned that the sentence is kind of frustrating because of, of no jail time, um, things like that. But, uh, but it is, it is important to note. And as we always try to uh, remind that as we continue to make a place and we continue to push making a culture where people come forward, that means they will come forward and we will learn about stories like this. And so we need to be prepared and we need to be ready to care for those who come. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would echo uh, Ms. Marshall's sentiments about being, you know, pretty frustrating sentence because no yep. jail time. Uh, but I, I would even say that also just the five years on the sex offender registry and that's it, you know, that's kind of the problem that we've talked about in the SBC with people coming back into ministry after being convicted, they won't show up on that sex offender registry after five years. And that's where churches really have to do their due diligence. And something that we've talked about on here is you've got to check references. You've got to go back and look and stuff because like we see, we've seen it. We've covered other cases on here on the pod where people did not even wind up on the sex offender registry, even though it was. And just because of some plea deal or something like that. And, And that's something that, you know, churches really have to do their homework, really need to know what they're doing when they're hiring somebody um, just to make sure that there's nothing there that doesn't show up on just a standard background check. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. I want to go to 1980, um, mainly because they were doing something that we do a lot on here and a lot just in the sort of Southern Baptist Convention public square or discussion space uh, around this time of year. And that is the Supreme Court wrap up. And I found it very interesting in 1980. So yeah, by the way, if you want to go see the video from me and Brent from just a week or two ago, Go check that out. Yeah, Baptist check Press that out. YouTube page. We did the wrap for this year. All right. Anyway, yeah, back to 1980. So back to this 1980. is what they were doing. So, um, but it was an interesting year. So they talked about how uh, the the beginning of the story says reflecting a national trend toward more and more litigation. A trend did, that Boy. did not Called go that one, away. <laughs> Nailed Relig- it. <laughs> yeah, religious controversies cascaded on the U.S. Supreme Court during its recently concluded 1979 and 80 term. And so there, there's a lot of interesting stuff, particularly this is where uh, the Hyde Amendment oh, case okay. was decided. So, um, and uh, this is where there had been a 5-4 decision that were upholding because they had, the Hyde Amendment was the congressional ban on public funding yes. for abortions. And it had been challenged and it was 5-4, the court upheld it. Mm. So there, so that was a huge one. Who there was, was on the also, court back then? Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, Jonathan. I good night. I don't. I'll look know. it up while you keep talking. Okay, thank you. That's a. I mean, trying to keep track of who was on when. I could give it to you after the '90s. Like, I could probably give you after Scalia. I could tell you when, like, who did what. But I was too young then to be able to. To track all of that. I mean, that's pre O'Connor because this is pre Reagan. This is before Reagan. Yeah. So probably the only justice that was on there at the time that I even remember is uh, Stevens. Stevens would have been on there. The rest, um, probably Potter Stewart was on there. It was still the Burger Court, Amy. Uh, yes. Not yeah. to be confused with the Burger is- King, but the Burger 
Oh, my word. Yeah, Yeah, because this is before. I mean, Reagan put Rehnquist on O'Connor, Scalia. You know, so this is so the only justice that we're going to really remember that would have been on there at the time was was Stevens. Okay. Um, Potter Stewart, some other people. Brennan was on there. Yes. He served a long time. He did. He did. So anyway. Thurgood Marshall, Amy. Yes. Okay. Because that's who's when he retired. You said Stevens. I'm like, well, Thurgood Marshall would have been the one that everybody knows. And Rehnquist was on the court, but not what yet the, the guy yet. What I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Ford, may, did Ford put him on? Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, Rehnquist? Yeah. He was put he on by became, Nixon. Okay. And he then and Powell she, both. Yeah. And then he becomes chief justice under mm-hmm. Reagan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what I'm talking about Stevens is Marshall retires in like early 90s. Because that's the spot that Clarence Thomas took. Mm-hmm. But Stevens is the one that like I really remember. So I know Thurgood Marshall from history, but Stevens is the one I really remember. So yeah, that's Stevens my served point. for 25 years. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Or actually, so I'm my, sorry, 35 years. Yeah. Good so night. that's my point. Anyway, we're now at the stage of this conversation that Trevin Wax is our only listener that cares what we're talking about. <laughs> so we need to stop. Okay. We stop. All right. Carry on. Um, yeah. So there were some, the Hyde Amendment was a huge one. There were also a couple of um, really significant church state cases. One of them was the state of California against the Worldwide Church of God, which, side note, at the time was legitimately was a cult, but since then is now, I think, Grace Communion International. There were people from Worldwide Church of God that an incredible testimony, like through Bible study, uh, came to really truly understand the gospel and kind of broke off and, you know, developed this evangelical denomination. Um, but at the time they, uh, they were in a, they were in a court case where the California attorney general had tried to place them under state receivership and the justices decided instead to let the case be tried in California courts first. So it was kind of a thing for future review, but there was that one. There was another one about if the United Methodist Church is a legal entity subject to libel suits. And so they also, they declined to prevent the matter from being litigated in California courts. There were several, there was one with the Hari Krishnas, lots and lots. It's a really long story. It's about three, uh, three pages. So I'm, I'm not going to give you everything, but just to encourage you kind of kicking off with the Hyde Amendment, but then into several religious cases that the Supreme Court covered, it was a big deal wrap up. And so uh, they were talking about that in 1980, this week in SBC history, and you should go check it out in the show notes because it's just kind of interesting to get that sense of where we were. Yes. And for more SCOTUS talk, please join us for SCOTUS this week on our other podcast that uh, <laughs> we have. With our guest, Trevin Wax. Yes. Our only listener, Trevin Wax. You, you, right. If you listen to that, you'd make two. Actually, we, we don't have that, obviously, but, um, right. but, but we love to, out at times. We, that's right. I love we, to talk Amy. about it. Yes. Yes. There yes. we go. Hey, you know who uh, appointed the second most justices of all time? It's uh, an easy question if you really think about it. Franklin Roosevelt. Yes. Jonathan. And and why would that be, Amy? Well, number one, because he served for a long time. It was yes. before term limits. And number two, there was a whole like I mean, that was kind of a thing. He was packing the court. Oh. And I didn't know that. Yeah. So I just saw a bunch and it makes sense because he was president for like right. what, thirteen years or something like that before he died. Or maybe more. 
I don't know. Um, so obviously Washington appointed the most because he started it, right? So yeah. So he so Roosevelt had this whole thing where he tried to pack the Supreme Court or just try to pack the court, the federal judiciary in general. And so there's now every president does it. Yay. Right. And then he was going to try to, and he was going to try to expand it. Like it was a huge, it was a big deal. Oh, I did not know that. I had to go look that up. All right. Anyway, again, that's from our uh, episodes of SCOTUS this week. We need to stop. All right. Resource of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? A new book by Lisa Turkhurst. Oh, yeah. Forgiving what you can't forget, which that's uh, I. She's had a really tough, yeah, kind of a tough story that um, some folks have been tracking, especially those who like to read her stuff. Um, but she's written a book: Discover how to move on, make peace with painful memories, and create a life that's beautiful again. And so I think that's. Uh, I, I don't have it yet, but I think that would be a really great one to read. And um, I admire just the grace that she has walked through a lot of stuff um, with. Yeah. All right, so my resource of the week is a box set of a series that's getting a bit of a renaissance here, Amy. The Wingfeather Saga by a good friend of the pod. Can we call him good friend of the pod? Andrew Peterson? Sure. We, we want to be good friends with we Andrew would, Peterson. We would like to be, yes. We we so. know Andrew enough that like I can see him and he may recognize me. He, I doubt good, he recognizes me. A good but he would know you. Amy has led a, a panel with Andrew Peterson, so he would know Amy. I think here's what he would know. If I saw him on the street, I would say, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I led a panel at Southeastern Seminary. And then he would probably say, yes, I remember that. That's that kind of friend. So uh, let's call him an acquaintance of the pod. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, yes, uh, that's fair. We wish he was a good friend of the pod. Let's make it happen, Andrew. Anyway, his his box set of the Wingfeather Saga, it's kind of a, uh, a fantasy type thing that he's written and there's a movie coming out they're like making these things into movies so yeah, animated if, yeah. series with he, they have scored some big big time people holy people cow. to do the voices yes. for these characters he was I've announcing that recently impressed. i've been very impressed and it's it's going to be something else so it's a kind of young adult fantasy type stuff lord of rings ish uh type uh writing and uh the books come or the movies are coming so get the box series have your kids read them, uh, and they'll love them. So that's my resource of the week. It's on sale over at Lifeway even. So you can go get it and get it cheaper than normal. So the Wingfeather Saga from Andrew Peterson is my resource of the week. Very cool. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. Again, thanks to our sponsor each and every week here on the pod, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.